good morning and praise the Lord. Amen. It's Sunday morning, um, second Sunday in October. Uh, we praise God for another day. Amen. Uh, we praise God for for you. Amen. Praise God for being in the land of the living. Praise the Lord. Um, and also being in our right mind. Amen. Having um, Still having our minds in the right place and we know that uh, that enemy amen is after your mind right as a man thinketh in his heart so is he and so the devil wants to so much get into the the minds of a uh, and the heart of a man or a woman of God to try to lead them away or lead them astray but we praise God amen that we are standing strong as we continue to encourage each other in the Lord. Amen. So praise God for you this morning. Uh, happy Sunday morning to everybody. Um, we're going to go today, amen, to Psalm 32. And we're going to read one verse of scripture there today. And that's in verse number 8. So Psalm 32, verse number 8. We will read one verse of scripture there. And... Um, We're going to read it in the King James Version, and then we'll also read it in the New Living Translation. Uh, but let's look at it in the King James Version first. It says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. And in the New Living Translation, it reads this way. It says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Praise God for that. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Amen. So that's our scripture uh, for today. And we're going to follow the Lord as he speaks to our hearts and minds and open ourselves up to receive everything he has. So let's pray first. Father, we bless your name. Yes. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for the scripture that was read into our hearing. And Father God, we uh, stand before you, come before you now, desiring to hear your voice. Father, yes. we need a word from heaven. Father God, in the name of Jesus. John the Baptist said that a man can receive nothing unless it's given unto him. From heaven and so father God we're looking now to receive all that you have for us yeah. and so we humble ourselves under your hand we block out everything and we focus our hearts our minds our attention solely on you have your way in the place pull down strongholds oh God loose bands of oppression oh yes, father. father destroy yokes oh Lord in the name of Jesus set the captives free and father I thank you right now for the blessing that is upon your people and that they shall receive from you on today. Use me for your glory. And Father, may we all just lift you up and magnify you for the great things that you have done. Yeah. And Father, we give you the praise and advance for it by faith. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right, so we, we read Psalm 32 and 8. Psalm 32 and 8. And again, the New Living Translation says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and 
watch over you. Amen. Um, our title today is Becoming You. Becoming You. Um, and let's start here with sort of a foundation that we all know, but many times stray away from. And that foundation is that God has created you for a purpose. And then God has created you for a purpose. And that purpose for which God has created you is a purpose that will bring him glory, bring him honor, and bring him praise. And um, it's a purpose that you have and no one else has. Now, there could be some overlap. People could be called by God and purposed by God to do similar things in in life. Mm -hmm. but, but within those similarities, there will also be some differences. And there will be some things that are uh, uh, unique to you and, as opposed to another person or persons. And so in the end, your purpose is not identical to anybody else's purpose. Yeah. In fact, I guess one way to say it is that your purpose is unique. You have a unique purpose from God. There are things that God has created you to do, specifically the way he wants you to do them, that aren't identical to anybody else on the face of the earth. So your purpose is unique. Um, the other thing, though, to keep in mind, uh, and this is also a foundation that we know but sometimes get away from, is that your person is unique. Mm -hmm. In other words, you as a person, you're unique. So not only is your purpose unique, but your person is unique. There's no one else like you. God hasn't created anyone else who's exactly like you. Again, there could be some similarities and some overlap, right? In terms of personality traits and those types of things. Manners of speech, way of walking, way of looking. There's some people who look like you. There's some people who sound like you. There's some people who laugh like you. There's some people who have a sense of humor like you, who are serious like you, right? But they're not you. You're unique, right? So that even though there may be some similarities, there are some characteristics and qualities of you that are just all you. Praise God. That you have a unique person. There's no one else like you, yeah. amen, uh, who's exactly like you, amen. God has created you, and you're the only you that there is, amen, glory to God, <laughs> amen. So, so um, God has created you for a purpose, and your purpose is unique, but also in creating you, your person is unique. Um, there are things that God created you to do that he didn't assign to anyone else. That's your unique purpose. Um, and then you are the only you that he's made, amen, and that's your unique person. Um, now, trouble and disappointment and disillusionment and unhappiness and discontentment follow when we try to do 
what we were not created to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or we tried to be who we were not created to be. Because when we're doing things that we weren't created to do or trying to be who we weren't created to be, that immediately clashes with that unique purpose and person that God blessed you with. And it becomes now a point of, of, of friction. It becomes a, a point of clashing and of conflict. And it leads to disappointment, disillusionment, disenchantment, discontentment, right? You, you're just not happy and things just aren't the way they're supposed to be because you're trying to do something you weren't created to do, trying mm -hmm. to be somebody you weren't created to be. Mm -hmm. And yet, as we said at the top, we know that as a foundation that we have a, a, a purpose, that God has purposed us to do certain things. We know as a foundation that God has created us. And we know that we're, we're not exactly like anybody else. And yet, we find ourselves doing things and, and, and trying to be people who goes against that. And how do we get there? How do we get to a place where we're doing things that we're not created to do and trying to be things that we were not created? How do we get there? Part of it is we get there because we spend too much time looking at others and we try to be like them. Mm -hmm. we, we, we spend too much time looking at other people we, we, we look at our family members, we look at our friends, we look at our neighbors, we, we look at people in the media, we look at people that, you know, that we heard about, uh, and we try to be like them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it leads us to a place where we get away from who God created us to be. Uh, one of the things that, you know, I've I, I have a, a like-hate relationship, like-hate relationship with social media. Um, I think social media has the potential to do some good things, and it has done some good things, and is doing some good things. But I think it has a, a, a lot greater potential to do harm, because I think it's misused. And I think it's almost been designed to be misused, but we don't have to get into that right now. But one of the things about social media is that's the place where we look at people the most. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it that makes it dangerous is that what we're consuming is fake because most of the time people on social media don't give us the real deal. They give us the best deal. They give us the best view of themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. They, they, they try to present themselves in the best way. They talk about, you know, we see them smiling on vacation. We don't see them arguing when they're on vacation. We, yeah, how many, you know, amen, there's not a family that's going on vacation that probably at some point along the line didn't argue while they were on vacation. We don't see that picture. Mm -hmm. We see the smiling picture, right? We see the graduation. We don't see the failure. We, 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 we see, you know, the promotion. We see the good things. We, right? And I get it and I understand it, but it, it's just one side of a coin. And it's not life because mm -hmm. life is a jumbled mess. 
It's a jumbled, beautiful mess with things that work and things that don't work. It's it's smiles and it's tears. Mm. It's smiles and, and and you know it's laughter and it's frowns. You know what I mean? Life is is not just all nicey nicey. What makes life beautiful is that there's some ugly in it. What makes life beautiful is that there's some things in it that that are not perfect, that that are blemished, that are scarred, that are marred, mm -hmm. and yet, right, and yet, because of the grace of God, we can yet find beauty in all of the jumbled mess that yeah. life is, yeah. but on social media, you don't see jumbled mess, you just see the best, and so what happens then is we spend time looking at the people's best, see, we then be, then the, who doesn't want best, right? Who doesn't want best? And so you start to look and go, man, you know, you, you, you may want to start to, to, to be like that or to do like that and to do these types of things. And see, if we're looking at people and, 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 and next thing you know, we're seeing the best of what they're doing. Maybe that's what we want to do and be as well. And it's not even real. Mm -hmm. But the scripture tells us, amen, as we, whether we're looking on social media, whether we're looking at our neighbors or our co-workers or our brothers and sisters in Christ who's in the ministry or people in business, people in the media, we're looking, 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 looking. But yet the Bible says, right, that we are to look unto Jesus, yes. the author and finisher of our faith. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's who we're supposed to look unto. And I will say something that I believe many people will resist at first because it, 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 it goes right to the heart of the matter. But here's the thing, and I believe we'll find the truth in it if we just back up and look at it. And that's this. We spend more time looking at people than we do looking unto Jesus. And the scripture tells us to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. But... but if, if you know whether it's because of social media or if it's because of media in general or if it's because of our neighbor if it's because of all the things that we look at we are looking at a whole bunch of people when all eyes should be on jesus because when we keep our eyes there then then we don't get distracted by these false displays of perfection that people are trying to show us yes. in their lives Right? And then we find ourselves chasing a ghost. We're chasing something that doesn't exist. That person's perfect life doesn't exist, and yet you're chasing it. Right? That person's perfect hairdo really doesn't exist, and yet you're chasing it. Right? Because if it's a still photograph, how many of you know anything can look purpose, perfect if it's just still and, and staged and everything else? It's not real. We're chasing yeah. after yeah. ghosts. And so we, we, we look at other people and we try to be like them. But heed the Bible, right? Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. How else do we get there? We get there because not only do we look at other people too much. And listen, there's a benefit at times. This needs to be said. There's a benefit at times of looking at certain people and letting them inspire you yes, yes. to be your best. So no one is saying don't ever look at people. But when I'm saying to look at people right here is talking about getting to the point where you look at them and you just look on the surface and you want to be something that's surface and it's not real. If you see someone who has 
is a person of integrity, a person of accomplishment, a person of dignity and humility, a person who you look at and you go, I want to be like that. I don't believe there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Right. I'm talking about these displays. People put themselves on display. It's almost as if people treat life like one gigantic competition. That we're trying, I'm trying to, you know, Christmas time, you know, oh, I, you put lights up, I'm putting up more lights. You know, oh, oh, you got that person working on your house, I'm getting somebody to work on my house. Oh, oh, you, you lost five pounds, I'm going to lose 15. We're in a constant competition and it's, it's almost subconscious that we just find ourselves, that's what's part of it when they call that we're in the rat race. We're just running and running and running. That's what we're talking about. Yes, there's times you can find inspiration and encouragement and strength from looking at other people. That's a good thing. But I'm talking about when we just look around all the time and then we're trying to say to ourselves almost subconsciously, and we start, next thing you know, we're, we're running in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. That's not what God would want us to, 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 to do. And so we got to be careful with it, amen? This is not to say don't find inspiration from anybody, but here's the thing. You can't find inspiration from everybody, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And everybody ain't trying to inspire you, mm -hmm. amen? Some people are trying to provoke you to envy. Let's, let's be truth about it. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people, especially on social media, who are trying to provoke other people to envy. That's true. It doesn't even come from a good place. It has no good origin. They're not trying to inspire you. They're trying to make you jealous. They're trying to make you... Right? And so we got to understand the distinction between those. And so let's make sure if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we'll be able to discern the real from the fake. We'll, we'll be able to discern those who actually want to do something to propel us to a higher place as opposed to show off that they're at a higher place or want you to believe that. We can discern the difference. So part of the way we get to that place where we get away from our unique purpose and we get away from our unique person is we're looking at people too much. The other thing is, I believe, is that we listen to people too much, especially people who try to tell you who you're supposed to be. Listen, God is the one who made you, right? God knows who you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to be. And yet there are too many people trying to tell you who you're supposed to be. And there are too many times that we listen. And, and, and here's the thing that we also have to understand, and this is where it becomes a, it becomes a little bit dicey, and that is this. Our loved ones and our friends, many times because we love them, we want to do the best for them and by them. And yet, there are times when you can twist yourself into a knot trying to do something for someone you care about. Right? To the point where you become someone you don't even recognize oh, yeah. anymore. Right? Um, you know, there are so many people, uh, parents who have told children what they're supposed to be doing. I'm talking about grown children, what you're supposed to be doing. Right? 
there are, there are spouses who tell each other what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to be. And we want to respond in a way that, you know, shows that we care for those around us, but we have to be careful about it because they haven't made you. And so I think we have to strike a balance between listening to what people say that's constructive and that we believe is consistent with who deep down inside we know God, who it is that God made us to be. And we have to filter out those things that don't match up with that. But when we look to people too much, when we listen to people too much, telling us how we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to do it, and all the rest of that thing, we can stray off the path, the pathway for our life. Yeah. And God says, I'm the one who will guide you along the best pathway of your life. And when God says he, he, he will guide you along the best pathway for your life, he's going to do that according to his unique purpose and with your unique person, right? He's going to do those things. Now, the writer Paul in, in, in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. We are God's workmanship. You are God's workmanship. You are his masterpiece. Yes. Right? And God created you as his masterpiece. Um, he created you to do some great things. And we have to remain focused on that if we're going to be our best selves and be our fulfilled selves. Yeah. There are too many people right now who are walking around unfulfilled, mm -hmm. right? And, and God wants to change that today. Now let's consider a couple of things. Let's go to Psalm 100. We already win Psalm 32, but let's go to Psalm 100. This is a favorite psalm of many. The Psalm 100 verse 1 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. And we want to focus on verse 3. It says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Yeah. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. See, that's something to keep in mind. It is he who has made us, yeah. and not we ourselves. Why is that so important? Because here's, oh, glory to God in heaven for this. Because here's the thing. There are people who are trying to make themselves into something. Mm -hmm. There are people who are trying to remake themselves into something. But see, and this is where God is coming from today. You do not have to make yourself. You don't have to remake yourself. Mm. God has already made you. And he's made you for a purpose. And he's made you to be a certain person. Remember, unique person, unique purpose. God has already made you those yes. things. So you don't have to make yourself. You don't have to remake yourself. You don't have to, to do it because if you've already been made, mm. the key now is 
for you to become. Right? It's not to be made. God, that's done already. God has already made you. Yeah. Now, your goal and my goal is to become what God has already made us to be. Glory to God in heaven. So, that's why we have to become ourselves. God is speaking to you and saying, listen, you don't have to make you. You just have to become you. I already took care of the making part. Mm -hmm. I made you. Now you need to become you. And some people, that sounds strange. What do you mean become me? Because you're not the you God created you to be. Many people can, can say, I'm, 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 I'm searching. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing what I'm created to do. How many people have that uneasy feeling? How many people have that uneasy feeling that they know that, that there's a, there's a, 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 a me inside of me that doesn't come outside of me. <laughs> right. They know, right? See, see, that's that that yearning to become what God has made you to be. Yes. God has already made you. You're a made man. Glory to God. You're a made woman. Now you and I have to become who God has made us to be. Scripture says, He hath made us. Done deal. Amen. Mm -hmm. It's past tense. He has made us. Now let's turn to um, uh, uh, Isaiah 64. Isaiah 64. And we're going to look at verse number 8. It says, But now, O Lord, Thou art our father, we are the clay, and thou art our potter, and we all are the work of thy hand. We are the clay, you are our potter, and we all are the work of your hand. Again, we're the work of God's hand. That's something, again, we just want to come back to this so that this becomes something that becomes so strong in our spirit and in our soul, right? I've been made by God. God created me to do certain things and to be certain, to be a certain way. He made me that way. And I'm the clay and he's the potter. And, and, and we want to stay on the potter's wheel. So that the potter's hands can stay on our life. If we get off the potter's wheel, then we get outside of the potter's hands. Yeah. And he can't form us and shape us and, and fashion us into exactly what he created us to be. He knows He knows how to smooth out those rough edges. He knows how to take out the blemishes. right? But we got to stay on that wheel in his hand. Mm -hmm. And allow him to continue to bring us into who he made us to yes. be. But a lot of us are on the wrong wheel. Because there's so many of us who spend time not on the potter's wheel, but on the hamster's wheel. We're just running and running and running and running and getting nowhere. 
You ever feel like that? That, that you know, we're running after our lives almost. Some of us are running after our lives on a treadmill and wondering why we can't catch up. Mm -hmm. You're not going anywhere, right? A lot of energy is being spent, but no one runs miles literally on a treadmill. They're in the same place, right? They don't make progress. They don't run a block. They don't run two blocks. They're in the same room running on a treadmill, right? And that's how some of us are. We think we're going to catch up to our life running on a treadmill. We're, we're running on a hamster wheel, just going round and round and round. And, 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 you know, day turns into day and week turns into week and month into month and year into year. And we're wondering why we're still in the same place. We're on the wrong wheel. Yes. We're on a hamster wheel. Hmm. And, and now all we're doing is we're doing all this running, all this running. And sometimes when we stop running on the wheel, we look up and we go, this place looks exactly the same. Yes. My life looks exactly the same. How can it not look exactly the same? You were on a wheel that was going nowhere. Mm. It's a hamster wheel. And all of us have been on that hamster wheel from time to time. A lot of us are on that hamster wheel right now, which is why God is speaking to us because he wants to get you on the right wheel. Get off the hamster wheel and get on the potter's wheel and let the potter Amen. take you in his hands and continue to form you and fashion you and, and shape you into the person he created you to be. He made you to be. Amen. Because that's where you're going to become you. You're going to become you in the hands of the potter. You're not going to become you on the hamster wheel. You're going to become you on the potter's wheel. Amen. Because God's the one who made us. And now what he wants to do, he wants his hands to be on us. As he guides us in the best pathway for our life. And he wants his hands to be upon us because he knows how to get you to where he created you to be. Amen. And so God has made us. He's the potter. We're the clay. We need to stay on the right wheel. Get off that hamster wheel and get on the potter's wheel. Amen. One last place I want to look is, is in Psalm uh, 119. Psalm 119. And just look at verse 73. It says, Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. But here again, you see the psalmist saying what has been said uh, all throughout the time we've been here on this morning. Thy hands, God's mm -hmm. hands, mm -hmm. have made me and fashioned me. Yes. And see, those are the things we need to rehearse in our spirit. It is he who has made me and not me myself, yeah. right? That he is the potter, I am the clay, and he's forming and fashioning me. And here that his hands have made me and have fashioned me. Because if we can get that, then we know something. There's no one on God's green earth who has any legitimate right to tell you who you're supposed to be. Yes. Mm -hmm. If God's the one who's made you, there's no one on this earth who has a legitimate right to tell you who and how you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. Right. And let's talk about this supposed to thing for a second. Because the, so many of us live in the world of supposed to. 
right? Mm -hmm. And some of the supposed tos are external. When people are telling you what you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to think, what you're supposed to say, how you're supposed to say it, how you're supposed to walk, how you're supposed to dress, how you're supposed to yes. write, how you're supposed yes. to, how you're supposed to, how you're supposed to, right? This whole world is that all around is supposed to, supposed to. And a lot of us live in a place called supposed to. Mm. We're not supposed to live in a place called supposed to, right? Because here's the thing. God, there's no supposed to when God has all, God knows what it is that you and I are supposed to do, right? He knows what we're purposed to do. Let me put it that way. It's not what we're supposed to do, what we're purposed to do, right? So, so we have to decide whether we're going to live in a place called supposed to or we're going to live in a place called purpose. And here's the other thing. And, and, and this one, praise God. I believe God will, will, will help us with this one. And, and, and that's this. So many of us, even internally, govern our lives by what we believe either because of our own thought process or because of the things that we've received and heard all our lives. We live according to what we think we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. right? In other words, some of the supposed to is not always external. Some of it's internal, where we have internalized some of these things and we think, I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And yet, how many times have we heard the story of the doctor accomplished who put down her stethoscope or the lawyer or the judge who put down the law books or the gavel and said you know what I'm opening a bakery you know what I'm going to start playing the piano and they become the most accomplished baker and the most accomplished musician that they could be that's right because here's the thing, but before then, they were doing what they were supposed to. Somebody told them they're supposed to go to school, and they're supposed to be a professional, and they're supposed to do this. And even they, maybe they were telling themselves that, I'm supposed to. But here's the, here's the thing, there's a want to as well. Mm. And I will say to you today, glory to God in heaven, that, that the purpose of God for your life is more closely linked to what you want to do than wow. what you think you're supposed to do. You see, because God says he'll give you the desires of what? Your heart. Of what it is that you want to do. God says that he's at work in you both to will, which means to want to, and to do of his good pleasure. But so many of us don't pay attention to the want to's because we're too busy paying attention to the supposed to do. Wow. And, I'm, and, and, and our purpose is more closely linked to what we want to do than this notion of what we're supposed to do. And, and quite frankly, where people, many people get frustrated is because the thing that they told themselves and others have told them that they're supposed to do clash with what they want to do. That's 
And people get frustrated because they know they want to be a painter. They know they want to be an artist. They know they want to move from this part of the country to that part. They know they want to not be behind a desk but be out in God's view. They know these things, but yes, uh, but yet they're telling themselves or other people are telling them, now you know what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it leads to frustration. And 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 what the Lord is trying to, to, to say to you and me this today is stop paying so much attention to what you so-called are supposed to do and start tapping in a little bit more to those things that you want to do. Because I believe you'll find God in your want to a whole lot quicker than you'll find him wow. in your supposed to do. Because God placed eternity in our heart. God placed enlightenment and, 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 and revelation in our heart. God has placed ideas in our heart. God has placed purpose in our heart. And so we got to look on the inside and say, what is it that I want to do? Mm. And so many of us, right, we get away from that. And so God is, 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 is looking at us. And, 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 and as he says in, in Psalm 32, he's going to guide us along the way. I like what Psalm 32 is. You know, God says, you know, he, he'll guide us in that pathway of life. Amen. He's going he's gonna to guide us. He's not just going to let us be out there on our own. He's going to, he's going to guide us. And, and the King James Version says, I will guide you with my eye. Yes. His eye is on you to guide you. Not to peer. God already knows what you're doing. Not to, you know, not to peek in and, and you know, he already knows what you're doing. His eye is on you. His eye is on me to guide us. Amen. Now, this pandemic is teaching us many things, isn't it? Yes. Um, if we're listening. This pandemic is, is teaching us that, um, that nothing in this life is certain. Um, yeah, we've known that before, but, you know, we've been in a, in a place now where we realize the world, not just our world, the world looks nothing like it did <laughs> That's right. six, That's seven, right. eight months ago. How much things have changed. Mm -hmm. um, we now know nothing is certain. We, we know how things can dramatically change in an instant. And we've seen that before when people suddenly have lost loved ones or suddenly lost a job or whatever. But, you know, we haven't, you know, to see it on this kind of a scale, mm -hmm. right, where the world, you know, things have changed for everybody in an instant. People went from going to work every day to not going to work just like that. Yeah. Who would have thought, who would have thought that, you know, especially here in America, in the land of the free, that the government can just say to you, stay at home, you can't go out. <laughs> right. <laughs> you would have never thought that before. Right? Either you can go and do what you want. And they just said, you know what? Everything's closed except supermarkets and other needful places of business. Everything else is closed. Who would have thought it? Right? And so we've seen that things have changed in an instant. This pandemic has taught us that. This pandemic has also taught us that you can't trust everybody. <laughs> Even people who are supposed to have your best interests in mind. Right? You can't trust government 
of what they're saying because so much, especially here in this country, has become politicized. Yeah. We, you can't even trust them on things like what's the best thing to do to preserve your safety and the safety of your family because mm -hmm. it's not about the truth. It's not about what's right. It's about politics. Yeah. And so now you find yourself not being able you know, to trust. Um, it's also taught us, amen, that time is fleeting, right? Um, and, 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 and that, you know, it's prompted many to begin to take a good, hard look at their lives and who they are and what they're doing. And people are realizing, and you have probably as well, if time is short, if time is short, and, and it is, then you're starting to realize you need to be doing what fulfills you as a person. Yes. You need to become you. Time is short. Things can change in an instant. Things that were, were a staple of your life could be gone, taken from you. Things change in, in, in the blink of an eye. And there are a whole lot of people talking, telling you what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do, who don't necessarily know anything and don't have your best interests at heart and all the rest of that. And, and, and if you are going to, 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 to do what fulfills you as a person, yes. then you have to become the you that God created you to be. You need to stop Glory to God. You need to stop playing a role mm. in a play that God didn't write. Oh my goodness. Mm. Amen. Glory to God. You got to stop playing a role in a play that God didn't write. Because many of us are doing that. Mm. We're trying to play a role in some other person's drama instead of the great story that God has written just for you. Jesus. We need to stop doing things and you need to stop doing things to fit in. You need to stop doing things to be safe. You need to stop doing things to be appreciated. You need to stop doing things to be respected. Jesus. You need to stop doing things so that the people can think highly of you. You need to stop doing things because you're supposed to do them. You, you stop and do what it is that this great God of heaven and earth has yeah. created you to do and, and, and created you to be. It is he who has made you. And he made you for his purpose. Amen. Yeah. Again, you don't have to make yourself into anything. You're already made. Now you have to become. Amen. Now, real quickly, we're going to get down from here. Three things to keep in mind as you become you. Amen. As you become you. How are you going to do it? First of all, you're going to have to stop with all this extraneous stuff and get more connected to the one who made you. I'm not saying you're not connected, but get more connected. How many of you know how, how much, no matter how deeply you're connected, you can get more connected to God. Amen? Amen. And, and God is longing for that. 
you think your connection to God here on earth is going to be the same connection you're going to have to God when you get to heaven? No, there's a deeper level of connection. Yes. And we can even have a deeper level of connection on this side of glory as well. So a couple of things to keep in mind. Yeah, we got to stay connected to God. We got to stay connected. If we're going to become who we're supposed to be, we got to stay connected to the one who made us. Amen. So a couple of things to keep in mind. Three things. One, as you become you, as you put down this idea of supposed to, as you reject this idea of being on the hamster wheel, instead saying, I'm going to stay on the potter's wheel. Mm -hmm. As you stop looking unto people and start looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. As you begin to become you, you need to understand that there are going to be a whole bunch of folk who won't appreciate it, who won't understand it, and won't support you in it. Oh, Jesus. Because, see, there are some people who want you to be what they want you to be, right? Because it's predictable. You're doing exactly what they want you to do. You're exactly where they want you to be. You're, you, you respond exactly where they want They like that you. But the you that becomes the God, the person God created you to be, oh, that might make them uncomfortable. So you need to understand as you become you and not others' preconceived notions yes. of who you're supposed to be. Yes. Not everybody's going to appreciate, understand, or support you in it. And please take this with you. That's okay. You don't have to get mad. That's okay. If they're going to not support you, that's okay. If they're not going to understand you, that's okay. If they're not going to appreciate that you are simply looking to become the person God created you to be and do the things that God created you to do, that's okay. Amen. You don't have to get mad. You don't have to argue. Amen. <laughs> Listen, there are some people in this life who are, I call them whack-a-mole people. They're whack-a-mole people because you got to understand, you ever play whack-a-mole in the arcade where you try to whack the mole and, and, and you put the hammer down and what happens? When you try to whack the mole here, he comes up over here, you try to whack him here, he comes up over there and you're just trying to whack, whack, whack. And see, there's some people who are whack-a-mole people who, who when they, they want you to be certain, then, then, then here you go, you like the hammer, okay, I'm that. And then they move over here, but no, I want you to be this, and then you do that, and then you then they want you to be that. And next thing you know, you just playing whack-a-mole with your life. Because people are popping up with great ideas about what you're supposed to be doing. They just want you to play a giant game of whack-a-mole. Forget that. You be who God created you to be. And if people don't support you, if people don't understand it, if people don't appreciate it, that's okay. It's time for you. Glory to God in heaven. It's time for you to shed the weight of other people's expectations yes, Jesus. of who you're supposed to be. If the pandemic hasn't taught you anything, time is short. You got it. If you're going to become you, you need to understand time is running short. You, you have to be who God created you to be Jesus. if you're going to reach a place called fulfillment. 
And if other people don't understand, you need to shed the weight of their expectations and be okay with it. Amen. And you also, one last thing I would say is this. And I say this in, in all respect. Stop worrying about other people's opinions of you. Stop worrying about other people's opinion of you. What I mean by that is when those opinions are trying to confine you. You know what I'm talking about. Where when and mentally they confine you, where you feel paralyzed that you don't want to do something because somebody's gonna think this or somebody's gonna think that. Right? I'm not gonna do this because your heart is leading you there, but you don't quite want to do it. Or your heart is leading you there, and then you spend the whole day trying to figure out something that you really want to do. Because you're concerned about other people's opinions. All I want to say is this. Are people's opinions important? Yeah, it depends. It depends on who the people are. It depends on where their opinions originate. If it originates from a place of love and concern, that's one thing. If it originates from a place of selfishness and control, that's something else. But here's the thing. Without even having to get into that, just let this be your North Star. Let this be your guiding light. And this is this. Amen. Before anybody had an opinion about you, God had a purpose for you. Amen. So, so, so his purpose preceded their opinion. Mm. So don't worry about the secondary thing. Worry about the first thing, the primary thing. And the primary thing is God's purpose for you, not someone's opinion of you. Amen. Just remind yourself, long before you had that opinion, God had his purpose. And I'm seeking the greater I'm seeking Amen. his purpose. Amen. So keep in mind, not everybody's going to support you as you become you. But that's okay. Amen. Amen. The other thing to keep in mind is that as you become you, Satan's coming after you. <laughs> yeah. You have to understand that. Satan has no problem with you and me wallowing in disarray and confusion and being out of that perfect pathway and off that perfect pathway that God wants to guide us in. He has no problem with that. And as long as you and I are playing out in the field called out of the will of God, <laughs> he's fine with that. He's fine. And he'll leave you alone. Because at that point, you're no threat to his kingdom of darkness. Oh, but when you make up your mind, that you're going to become who God created you to be. And you're going to do what God created you to do. Amen. When you start to buckle down and get into the word of God. When you start to say, that's it, I'm laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets me. When you make up your mind, this is what I'm doing now. Now Satan's coming after you. Jesus. Amen. I want, I want to read something in your hearing. Glory to God, if I can find it real quickly. Glory to God in heaven. Luke twenty two thirty one. Jesus said this. He said, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Yeah. See, that's the thing. When you get to that point where you are 
committed to God and to his purpose for your yes. life instead of other people's yes. opinions and, uh, and what you're supposed to do. When you get to that place, oh, Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as yes. wheat. And you got to understand, sifting as wheat is a violent process. It's a process that separates the wheat from the chaff. Jesus. It takes off the grain heads and everything else and, and these refuge. It's a separator. And, and Satan wants to sift you. He wants to separate you. He wants to separate you from God. He wants to separate you from the things of God. But see, when you're already separated, he leaves you alone. But when you go, no, I gotta be, I gotta be connected. I gotta stay in my in the place God has for me. I gotta stay in his hands on that potter's wheel. Oh now he's coming. And now he's gonna, oh, he wants to sift you like wheat. Amen. He's going to come big time after you. No one walks willy-nilly into their purpose. Amen. Amen. No one, right? When you come to a place of purpose, when you come to a place of promise, you come to a place of battle, right? The children of Israel, two battles on the other side of Jordan, and they had what it was, 39 battles, I believe it was, once they got into the promised land. When you come into your promise and your purpose, you're going to have to fight for it. Because that's when Satan's going to desire to have you and sift you like wheat. Mm -hmm. So as you become you, get ready. That's not to say don't become you. Just get ready. Because greater is he who's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. So Satan can't defeat you as long as you know who you are. Amen. Amen. So, so you're more than a conqueror. So this is not suggesting saying to you to say that you don't go forward. No. It's just to be prepared. Amen. For the battle. But no. Amen. You're the head not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. The greater one lives in you. But he's coming. When you decide to become the person God created you to be. And here's the thing. Let's continue here. Let's read the next verse as well in Luke 22. Because it says, Simon, Simon, verse 31 says, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And then Jesus continues. He says, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thine brethren. The yeah. third thing to know when you become you, one, is people aren't going to understand, support, or appreciate it. Second, Satan's going to come after you, desiring to sift you as wheat. But here's the other thing to know. Jesus is praying for you. Amen. Amen. He's been praying for you, and he is praying for you. And how many of you know the prayer that Jesus get answered? How many of you know that? Amen. Amen. And he's praying for you. He's interceding for you. The Bible tells us in, in Hebrews 7 and 25 that he always lives to make intercession yes. for yes. us. Amen. So Jesus is interceding for us all the time. Yes. And so even though Satan is desiring to sift you like as we, Jesus is interceding for you. Amen. First uh, John 2 and 1 calls Jesus our advocate with the Father. Our advocate is someone who fights for us. Yes. Our advocate yes. is someone who's there, you know, representing our best interests, right? And Jesus is our intercessor. Jesus is our advocate. And so Satan can come trying to assist you as we, but you have an intercessor and an advocate in Jesus the Christ. Amen. And so Amen. you don't have to worry about what Satan is doing because your big brother, glory to God in heaven, your big brother, 
Jesus, right? He's the firstborn of many brethren. He's your big brother. He's my big brother. Amen. He is advocating before the Father and he's interceding for us. Amen. Glory to God. So just keep those things in mind. Amen. Amen. And, 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 and know that, listen, becoming you is not going to be something that's just going to happen. <laughs> Amen. And it's Amen. not going to be a walk in the park. Um, some relationships may be affected and they may end that people aren't going to understand. Some trouble is going to come your way because Satan's going to try to sift you like wheat. Amen. Amen. But in the end, you're going to prevail. Amen. If, 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 if you continue to go forward and faint not because you have an advocate with the Father, you have a high priest who is also your intercessor, who's, all, who's, who's praying for you, who's covering you, who is empowering you to become yes. Yes. who God created you to be. Amen. Amen. And so um, the Lord wants to encourage us on this morning to become who he created us to be and to amen. do what he created you to do. And I want to just pray for you, amen, that you embark on this journey of becoming you. Because... Amen. If you don't become the you who God, that unique you that God created you to be, you will never reach a place of fulfillment in this life. Amen? Yeah. And time is too short for you to not be fulfilled and you chasing after things that are inconsistent with God's perfect will for your life. Amen. Amen? Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we bless you and we thank you, God. We thank you for the word that you've sown into our spirit. And Father, I'm praying right now for everyone under the sound of my voice, yes, that Father, Father, that they will embark on the journey of becoming who you created them to be. Father, they are your masterpiece. They are the work of your hands. Yes, and Father God, uh, marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Yes. And so Father, they are marvelous inside and out. Father God, help them now to put down all the preconceived notions and opinions of those who didn't necessarily have their best interests yes, at heart. Right. And even if they thought they did, God, even the person's best interests fall short of the perfect will of God. Yes. And so, Father God, let us reach to the higher. Yes, let us God. reach to your will. Let us reach to your purpose. Let us reach to your plan for our lives that each one of us can become the person you created us to be yes, and do the things in this earth that are needed at this hour that you created us to do. Father, time is running short. Yeah. Let us redeem the time in the name of Jesus Christ. And let us, be, let us be steadfast and unmovable as we abound in the word yes, of the Lord. Lord. And Father, we just thank you right now that as we set our faces like flint to do the things that you have called yes, us to God. do, that your will shall be done. We decree the thing, God, we ask you now to establish it. And Father, we bless you. And we praise you for it. Father, I just pray right now for a spirit of encouragement and strength to come uh, over your people. Yes, as Lord, you continue, you, oh God, to guide each one in the best pathway for their lives. And Father, I thank you, God, that as they walk with you with their eyes fastened on Jesus, that each one shall get to that place called fulfillment. 
yes. where they are, who they're supposed to be, according to your perfect plan. We call it done by faith. Glory to God. Right now, we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. We are encouraged. Amen. Uh, becoming who God created us to be. Amen. Amen. So, you be encouraged, and um, we thank God for the opportunity to share with you, and we look forward to seeing you.